0: Right. good morning everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. We're going to be starting our teaching this morning, uh, resuming it, on part 3 for talking about Overcoming by the Blood of Jesus. And just so you know all of our teachings are archived on our website at LighthouseDiscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we certainly want to say thank you to all those who have partnered with us with their tithes and their offerings. In case you're wondering how to do so, you can simply go to our website, Uh, again at org Go to the Give page and all the instructions are there. So, anyway, uh, with that said, let's go ahead and jump into our message this morning. I have a, like I said, two, the last two weeks, I have a very simple message. <coughs> Excuse me. It is talking about the blood of Jesus. How are we overcome by the blood of Jesus. And the, my key verse for this is from Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And John writes, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of the testimony, and they did not learn their lives to the death. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, this is our key verse. But this key verse is in context of the last days, where Satan is unleashed. Because he knows his time is short. Okay? And we're experiencing the last days. We've been experiencing the last days for over 2,000 years. but at the same point in time, I believe... <coughs> Excuse me, and many of you would attest to this. Uh, we are seeing the birth pains of the last, the, the last, of the last days begin to unfold. Okay, but the, the thing that we need to be encouraged by, and that actually, before I go there, you know, because the, the devil is unleashed because his time is short. Paul said that in the last days there would be perilous times. Okay, and he goes on. And he expounds on that in Second Timothy chapter three. Peter says that. That we need to be sober and diligent because our adversary is like a roaring life seeking uh, the devil <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. Has always wanted to devour you, but he's wanting to devour people even more so now because his time is short. And we need to be sober. We don't need to be so intoxicated with the fear of the world and the, the veins things of this life. Um, and, but we need to be diligent. We need to be sober minded. Uh, because uh, our enemy is out there seeking who made devour. Jesus said that the, because of lawlessness, we will abound. Lawlessness will abound. Okay, Don't let that surprise you. Are we okay with that? Are we just going to take it? No. But we're also not going to let our, the, our love go, go cold or wax cold because of lawlessness. We're not going to fall apart because of lawlessness and is increasing in the world. A will abound in the last days. Okay? And so, um, anyway, with that said, you know, we but we need to be strong. Because we overcome him. Who's him? In context, in Revelation 12, we talk about the devil. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. No matter what happens in these last days, no matter what happens in our country or your country, no matter what's going on, We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And that needs to be key. So uh, with that said, you know, a lot of this message today is going to be a repeat what I've been talking about the last two weeks. I have a very simple message. I could go deeper with a lot of this, but I'm just sharing, I'm just echoing what God's put on my heart to share and to echo. That we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. There's a lot of things going on in the world. There's a lot of things, a lot of evil going on in the world. There's a lot of lawlessness going on in the world. But we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Are we okay? Without even everything? Just just make sure. Okay? So anyway, um, John also gets into this. And he says in 1 John 5, 4, that whatever is born of, of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Our faith is in the blood of the Lamb. And because our faith is in the blood of the Lamb, our faith speaks. It has a testimony. We testify of what the blood of the Lamb uh, means in our lives. And what and we overcome that. We have something to, to say. And the righteousness of faith speaks. We talked about this two weeks ago. We're going to be talking about it again this morning. But we have something to say. The victory that overcomes the world is our faith. And that faith speaks. It has a testimony. It says something. It's not just dormant. It's not just my personal relationship with God. It speaks something. It says something. It does something. Okay? And there's a victory that overcomes the world. So we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And we overcome because our faith is in the blood of the Lamb. And our, because our faith is in the blood of the Lamb, we testify, we speak something in faith. Okay, and so we'll get into that in just a moment. See, we are not meant to be wimps. We are meant to fight the fight of faith. We are meant to overcome in the end times. And we are meant to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. Our faith speaks, it's bold as a lion. Okay, because we trust in this blood, our faith is in this blood. It's the cornerstone of our everything we teach. It's the cornerstone of Christianity. It's the it's the cornerstone of the New Covenant, and we have a to testify of this blood that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we'll get there. I get a little ahead of myself here. Okay. So we overcome by the blood of the Lamb the word of our testimony. And we spent uh, some time in the, in the in the first lesson talking about how, and actually our last series we talked a lot about this, how we are raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I spent a whole series last series talking about how we were born into victory. We start from a place of victory. We're not trying. We're not. Uh, we're not trying to get victory in these last days. We start, already started. We're born again. We already started the victory. And we are have faith in that victory that's in the blood of Jesus. And we have something to speak and testify because we are sitting together with him on his throne. We have something to say. We have something to do. Okay? And we, we spent a lot of time on this on, on, on our first session. But Paul, and even last, our last series again, But because that's true, because we have victory, we, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Again, the devil is being leashed out these last days because this time is short. And to overcome these wiles, we need to put on the whole armor of God. Don't Don't eliminate the helmet of salvation or the bell of truth or the shield of faith or the breastplate of righteousness. Are the, uh, are the feet shot with the gospel of peace? Are the sword of the Spirit? And at the, at the end of this little, little segment of talking about the whole armor of God, Paul concludes that we pray always. Prayer is part of our armory. And we pray with all kinds of prayers in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance, with all soberness, without being diligent, being sober, with pers- perseverance and supplication for all the things. We need to be praying for each other, for all the saints. And we need to be praying for, not so much Paul, Paul's already uh, in, in heaven, but we need to be praying for all the ministers. We need to be praying for me, I need to be praying for you, we need to be praying for your pastor, whoever he or she may be, that the others may be given to me or to them, that I I or they may be open, open their mouths boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. We need to pray for the ministers around the world that they would be bold to preach the gospel of Christ in these last days. We're all able ministers, so we need to be praying for all the saints that he says in verse 18. But we also need to be praying for all those God has called into full time or five fold ministry. So we need to be praying for each other that we can be bold to open our mouths because we have something to say. We have a word of our testimony. We have, we, our faith is in the blood. We, that's all tied into the gospel. And we have something to say and say it boldly in these last days. And we need to be praying for that. Okay? Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes things. Okay? And so we need to be praying in that direction. So we, again, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Now, last week, I, I kind of split the, the, the series. I went, the first week, I went, went over everything. For the most part, and then last week I I went into I kind of divided it. We talked about the blood a lot. I'm going to recap some of that again this morning, and then we we ended by talking about what well, we're going to end the day is get even deeper. Uh, not so much deeper, but going to be more of a recap. So even then, and I'll explain all that in a minute. But uh, we but the uh, talk about the words of our testimony because there's one main message that God's putting on my heart to say, and I'm saying it. Three different times and somewhat three different ways, but it's just an echo, and I'm doing that on purpose because there's one main message that God wants me to speak: that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of God's Okay, in these last days, that's the message. That's the, the message God put in my heart. <coughs> Excuse me, but I have to recap the blood that we talked about the last two weeks and, and even last week because. We don't have much to say if our faith is not in this blood. And we don't understand the blood, okay? And we're making sense. Yeah, everything that we testify has to do with our faith in that blood. Okay, so let me recap a few things. When I when I saw this verse and when I've been meditating on this verse over the last few months. Uh, Not only has this verse come to mind, but this verse also from Exodus, the first Passover, when now the blood shall be assigned for you. This is God talking to Moses and the Israelites. And he says, and when I see the blood, I, the death angel, will pass over. Okay. And so, um, and the plague will not come upon you. What was the plague? The death of the firstborn. Jesus is the firstborn of many brothers. This was the Passover lamb. The lamb, the blood of the lamb was going to be on the doorpost. And this is an allegory. The first Passover, the Passover that they, they practiced year after year after year after year until Jesus at the Last Supper. It's not the Last Supper because Jesus is about ready to go and die. It's the Last Supper because it's the last Passover. They don't need to do this ritual every, every, uh, ever again. Why? Because Jesus is the true lamb. And His blood is put on the short post. And His blood is a sign for us. And when He sees the blood, death will pass over. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You're either in Jesus or you're in Adam. You're either in Christ or you're in sin. You are either born again or you're not. You're either alive or you're dead. There's no middle ground. You're either born again or you're not. You either have Christ or you're not. You either have the blood, been washed in the blood, or you still have your own blood that's sin. it hasn't been redeemed. It hasn't been washed. It hasn't been sanctified. It is not holy. There's only one thing that can make you holy. It's not your performance. It's the blood of Jesus. And that's how, folks, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of my testimony. Paul, when he talks about the last Passover, which we today call communion, okay? We don't do the Passover, but we do, do communion in the, in the New Covenant Church, okay? And Paul says this from 1 Corinthians 11, why in remembrance of me? You know, I think most of us know, and I've heard about the war going on in Israel. Okay, I'm not going to get into all politics, but this is on the world stage, and this is a, a very central to the day and time that we are living in, which is very key to this message that I'm preaching right now—that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. I think it's very timely that. I'm preaching this message at the same time the war just broke out in Israel. And a lot of people have been commenting, and they're right, rightfully so, that God has a covenant with Israel. Yes, we are in a new covenant. Yes, that doesn't take away what Jesus has done. And we are, those of us who are born again, we are a uh, spiritual Israel. But there's a natural Israel. And God has a covenant. And God doesn't, And a lot of people are saying, and they're right, and they're right. God will not break his covenant. God has a covenant with Israel, and whoever is going against Israel, and whoever is not at peace with Israel, whoever is not praying for Israel, whoever is not supporting Israel, is stupid. Because God made a covenant with Israel, and that covenant will not be broken. Okay, and I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go a lot of detail with that, but that can't can be broken. But as much as that is true about natural Israel, that is also true about spiritual Israel. Because Jesus, God, cut a new covenant with spiritual Israel. If you are of Christ, then you are of Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And as God will not break his covenant with natural Israel, God will not break his covenant with spiritual Israel. And the new covenant is all ushered in by the blood. You and I, in Christ, we have a covenant relationship with God because of the blood. Israel, natural Israel, had a covenant relationship with God. In any country, any terrorist group, any individual, anybody who comes against it has just cursed themselves. And we have a covenant with God. I'm emphasizing that because there's a lot about covenant right now. And that's a good thing. But there is a... And as awesome as God's covenant with natural Israel is Awesome. The covenant that God has with his church is a better covenant on better promises because it's been established by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not taking away with God's covenant with Israel. But I am saying that God's covenant with his church, his bride, his people who are born again, is a better covenant. Okay? And so, they're both a covenant. And to fight and to attack either one of them is stupid. Because you are not just fighting with us or them, you're fighting against God. Because he's the covenant keeper. He's the one that cut the both covenants. And he cut both covenants by blood. <coughs> okay? And so anyway, um, I, can, I elaborate a lot. That's why I'm talking so much about the blood. That's why we, going back real quick, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, Because it's all about covenant. You and I might not fully understand the significance of covenant, but God does. The devil does. But the devil does, is not always convinced that you know it. And the devil is not convinced that you know it. And you don't know it. The devil can deceive you. And that's what his game plan is all about. And that's why we need to come regularly. As often as we can. To remember God's covenant with us. Because you and I, we forget... How many times have we read in the Old Testament and they forgot the Lord thy God? How many times have you and I forgotten to focus on the blood? When's the last time some of you have even heard a message about the blood? And I hear a lot of messages in churches today but there's one message that some churches never preach about. Is about the blood, and that is the main message. If we can't talk about the blood of Jesus, we have nothing to talk about, because the whole covenant is about this, and we're supposed to do this often, to remember the blood of Jesus, because it's how we overcome. It's what we testify of, the blood of Jesus. Now Paul goes on to say, and I've been elaborating on this in the last couple weeks but I wanted to spend time with it today, is that he goes on to say, for our often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We're remembering something so that we can proclaim something. Again, we are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We have something to proclaim we have something to justify <coughs> and as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup of the new covenant we proclaim the Lord's death Till he comes and he is coming and he is coming soon but until he comes we are to partake of his bread and drink of his cup. Proclaiming. Proclaiming. Testifying of the blood of Jesus. Oh, now we, by which we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We ought to proclaim the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, also known as the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and of the blood. And then he makes this statement in verse 28, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, he just repeats himself what he said in verse 27, and, and, and drinks in judgment to himself. Not what? Not what? discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Meaning they're dead. Many die. That's what that means. So Paul's saying, the reason why many of you are weak, sick, and are dying, is you're not discerning the Lord's body. Because you are partaking of communion in an unworthy manner. He echoes that twice. It's a warning. In the middle of this warning is this phrase, let a man examine himself. So this is where some of us get into trouble. And I was one of them. <coughs> I'm gonna I used to teach it the way I'm gonna tell you today, the word we should be teaching and observing the scripture today. <coughs> Excuse me. I used to teach it that when I read this verse and when we did we, when we did communion, that I used to teach it that we all need to examine ourselves to see if there's anything that we need to be re- make right with God. Another man examine himself. and that seemed to be good. That, that seemed to be partaking in a worthy manner. Okay, and um, it, it fit. It seemed to fit, but. The problem with that picture is that that is not e- it's not even it's not New Testament correct, and it's not even Old Testament correct. Okay, we're, in context, we're supposed to be remembering his body that was broken for us, and his, the blood of his covenant. And in that context, we need to be examining ourselves. See, in the Old Testament, when you read the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, you have five different sacrifices that took place. In other words, it took five sacrifices to illustrate what the blood of Jesus accomplished, what Jesus accomplished on the cross. In Leviticus chapter 1, you have the burnt offering. And in Leviticus chapter 4, you have the sin offering. It says in 2 Corinthians five twenty one that he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Leviticus chapter one deals with the burnt offering. The burnt offering had to do with the unblemishness of the lamb being exchanged to the man. Do we have a little Emmy? So, uh, anyway, I got a little illustration for you. We'll give it for you, but. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. I'm um, just waiting for this little lamby guy. So I hope I can illustrate this for you. So hold on just a second. Alright, I've got my little lamby here. So again, in Leviticus chapter 1, the lamb represents man. And in, in Leviticus chapter 1, we have The unblemishedness, remember the lamb had to be without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. But in Leviticus 1, it's it's about the the unblemishedness of the lamb being exchanged to the man. And Leviticus chapter 4 talks about the sin of the man being exchanged to the lamb. And then the lamb was crucified. As our propitiation, as our substitute. The unblemishedness came with us. And the sin of our sin went to the Lamb, and it was crucified, and we went. We were free. We were pardoned. We were forgiven. We, our sin was atoned for. That's, that's a summary of the sin offering and the burnt offering. Which, I love Second Corinthians 5.21, but it says, He who knew no sin became sin. He became sin. That we might become. The righteous of God in him. We're not righteous without him. We're the righteous of God in him. So, the cross, the new covenant that we are supposed to be remembering, the one, the, 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 the communion that we're supposed to, to partake of the bread and drink of the cup of the new covenant. We're supposed to be proclaiming his death till he comes. And if we are remembering that through the cross that His body was broken for us and He became our sin and paid for our sin by His blood and we're supposed to be doing this in remembrance of Him when we examine ourselves in that context why would we see sin? We should be examining ourselves in this context, and seeing ourselves as nothing else but righteous by the blood of Jesus. Because it's the blood of Jesus that made us righteous, that sanctified us, that cleansed us, that made us holy. If we are remembering His blood that was shed for us, and we still see sin, then we are saying Jesus did nothing. Jesus accomplished nothing. That's the spirit of Antichrist. No wonder people are still weak, sick, and dying. That's in an unworthy manner. Because if we are to examine ourselves as if Jesus accomplished nothing, then what are we remembering? Are we remembering that he took away our sin, but we still see it? When we examine, see, even in the Old Testament, they never examined the man. They only examine the lamb. Why? Because it was the lamb that had to be perfect. That it was a lamb. <coughs> it was the lamb that took away the sin. Not the man. If you can examine the man, then you don't need the lamb. But we need the lamb. We need the blood of Jesus. And so we have... The blood of Jesus okay and we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony God said, when I see the blood and we should be examining ourselves in the new covenant as if Jesus has made our sin that was red as scarlet as white as snow okay so he says in Matthew, at the at the at the original Passover, Jesus said Himself, "This is My blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins." And if we are remembering that He remitted our sins, then we should, when we examine ourselves, we should not be seen sin. Peter goes on to say. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But you were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Paul said that Him we have redemption through his blood. Our redemption is not through our performance. It's through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Paul echoes in Colossians, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, we can come boldly to his throne of grace and attain mercy and grace in our time of need. We're talking about overcoming by the blood of the Lamb in order of our testimony. And we can come boldly to his throne to receive mercy. Why do you need mercy? Because you've done something wrong and you need some mercy. You can't, you can't earn mercy. You can't earn grace. It's not something you earn. It's not something you deserve. If you deserve it, it's not mercy. If you deserve it, it's not grace. But the mercy of the Lord is new and fresh every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Now, some will say, as our me preach So David, are you saying you can live anywhere you want to? No. Paul answered that question three times. And the answer was always no. But the question came up three times. So if you are not preaching the gospel in such a way where that question comes up, and the answer to that question will always be no, but if if you don't preach the gospel where that question never even comes up, because it came up three times in Paul preached, then you're not preaching the gospel the way Paul preached it. Because when Paul preached the gospel, he preached it in such a way that people automatically asked that question multiple times. So you're saying you can live in the way you want to? No. The answer was always no. But the question kept coming up. Why? Because he kept preaching the gospel in such a way that that question automatically came up. So if we're not preaching the gospel with that question that comes up, then we're not preaching the gospel the way Paul preached it. The answer is always no, but that question should be coming up. And if, you, if that question came up when I was preaching, you just affirm that I'm preaching the gospel the way Paul preached. So if anyone who challenges that with me, they're just affirming that I'm preaching the gospel the same way Paul did, because Paul got that question asked three times. The grace of God teaches you to deny God anymore. It's called the fruit of holiness. It's called the fruit of righteousness. It's not the root. Jesus is the root. (coughs) Jesus makes us holy. So go be it. Go be who you are. Go live like who you are. He's the one that made you holy. You're born of God. Now go live like who you are. Living like who you are does not make you become it. You live like who you are. If you're born again by living like the devil, you're a hypocrite. Why? Because you're not living like who you are. Live like who you are. You're righteous. You're redeemed. You're sanctified. You're holy. If you have received Christ, you are a new creation. You are born of God. We just spent a whole message talking about we're born in the victory, now walk like it. You were in darkness, but now you are in the light, so walk like it. Walk like who you are. Be who you are. You don't walk like who you are to become who you are. You are in Christ and Christ alone. Now go live like it. Okay, anyway, I can spend on that more, but I, I spent a lot of time teaching that in previous messages. Okay? It goes on the same Hebrews chapter 9, but Christ came as a high priest for well, the good things to come with a greater more perfect covenant not made with hands that is not of this creation. <coughs> Excuse me. Not with the blood of ghosts and cows, but with his own blood. He entered into the most he, uh, uh, he entered into the most holy place over, once for all, and I talked a lot about that last week, obtaining an eternal redemption. Our redemption, I know it's on the bottom of the screen here, is eternal. Okay? He goes on to say verse sixteen for where te- there is a testament, there is also a necessity to be the death of the testament. For a testament, is enforced after man died. <coughs> Excuse me. After man never died. What's this saying? The new covenant is in effect because Jesus died. Because there is a new testament. There is a necessity the death of the testator. Jesus is our death certificate. He's also our, our new birth certificate. He's also our marriage certificate. He's our all in all. And just as God had a covenant with, with is, natural Israel because God cut a, a covenant with Abraham and he did it by blood. Okay? But he, in the New Testament he also cut a testament by blood and he did that through his son. God has a covenant with natural Israel. But God also has a covenant with every one of us who are born again. And the proof of that is the death of our testator. The proof of that is the cross of Jesus Christ. The proof of that is the blood of Jesus. And we are overcome by the blood of our testator. We, and because, because our testator has died, we have this eternal redemption. We have an eternal inheritance. Okay? And, and goes on to say, saying, This is the blood. Of the covenant. We have a covenant of God. And we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Why? Because we can say well, by testing it, by the will of God, His will that He created He established. In the death of the Testator, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Whatever the devil throws at us, we overcome by the death of our Testator. By the blood of Jesus. And it's a covenant. And it cannot be broken. He goes on to say uh, in the King James, This is the blood of the testament which God has enjoined unto you. I love that. He's enjoined to you. He goes on to say, Therefore, brethren, having boldness, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We have boldness to enter the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. It's not just a way, it's a living way. Which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his own flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. He goes on to say, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. This is is the faith, this is how we overcome the world, the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. excuse me, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. We don't have an evil conscience no more. It's been cleansed. And our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast through the confession of our hope without waiting for He eat his promise. He is faithful. It's based on his faithfulness not mine. How do I live by faith? Well it says in Galatians two twenty, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. In the life I now live, I live by the faith of God. The life I live now, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's Jesus. It's him and his faith in me that I live by faith. With the just shall live by faith let me echo again in the same manner he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new cup of my blood do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me we're supposed to remember him our focus is on him our focus on him the Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus you search the scriptures they testify of me all of the scriptures testify of Jesus. Everything goes back to Jesus. And we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. So we spend a lot of time talking about the blood, and that's the main subject of this series. But there's a lot of part, there's a middle part of this verse talking about by the word of our testimony. And I'm spending a lot of time on this also, like I'm gonna end the series morning by shining some light again on this last part, because the first is true. The middle part means nothing in a sense if we don't have faith in the blood of the Lamb. But the blood of the Lamb is true. And we overcome by our faith in the blood. And we need to remember the blood of the covenant. But if our focus is on the blood that's what God sees. That's what we should see. If that's what he's focused on, if that's what the mercy seat is focused on, if that's what the cherubim of the mercy seat is focused on, the blood, then you and I should be focused so much on that blood that nothing else matters. And our testimony will stem from the blood of Jesus and we overcome by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. We have something to testify. Our being born again, this new birth, becoming a Christian, a believer, began, was conceived, was gestated and germinated from this testimony. It says in Romans 10, (coughs) Excuse me. For the the righteousness of faith speaks. Faith speaks.
1: Our righteousness
0: is by faith in the blood. And what Jesus did. But it speaks. It's not voiceless. It has a voice. And it speaks in this way. Do not say to your heart who were ascended to heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. We don't need to bring Christ down. Or who will send to the best? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. We don't need to bring Christ up from the dead. Why? Because he already rose. He already came down. Born in the manger. Died on the cross. He already rose from the dead. Is seated now at the right hand of God. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. This is the word of the faith which we preach. That's parentheses. So he said, the word is already in you. It's in your mouth, it's in your heart. And he he puts in parentheses, that's what we're preaching. That's what I'm preaching. That's what, you, you can't preach something without saying something. We have a voice. We're proclaiming something. We're saying something. We're testifying of something that you, if you confess, and you confess with what your mouth, believe. the Lord Jesus couldn't believe in your heart, and that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Excuse me. Well, with the heart, one believes on two righteousness. That's good. That's foundational. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. When you became born again, you heard the gospel of Christ. You believed it, and you confessed it. You believed in the blood of the Lamb, you believed in the resurrection of Christ and you gave testimony you confessed if you go to court and you're on the witness stand you're going to give a what? confession also known as a testimony you began this Christian walk by overcoming by the blood of the lamb you overcame sin you overcame death you overcame hell by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of your testimony. You believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead, and if you did that, you are saved. It's not just repeating the prayer, and I don't have a problem with the prayer, but there needs to be a confession, and it's not just reciting something. But a confession, under perjury, if you will, confession, that you believe, that you believe, that you know that you know and believe that God raised Christ from the dead. Most of us quoted this, prayed this, believed this. This is what happened when we became born again. And Colossians 2 says, In the same way you receive Christ, so walk ye in him, being established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. The same way you receive Jesus by the blood of the Lamb, the word of testimony, is the same way that we walk in him. By the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony, How we overcome in the last days is the same way that we received Christ to begin with. But you following me? It's no different. The stage may be different. The circumstances may be different. All hell may be breaking loose. But we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And this is the victory that we overcome the world. Our faith in the blood. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. And this faith, to go back, it speaks. What does it say? It confesses that Jesus was raised from the dead. It confesses it. Okay. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, and since we have the same spirit of faith, he's quoted from Psalms. And to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. That's the quote from Psalms. We also believe and therefore we speak. That's the same thing that's being said here. We believe and therefore we speak. We believe in the blood, and therefore we testify. The same way that we believe, that it, it hasn't changed. Christianity is the same. Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Christianity, no matter what you're going through, sickness, finances, all hell breaking loose—the last day, it's the same. Oh, we overcome by the blood, the lamb, and the word of our testament, keep your eyes on Jesus. Your faith in Jesus. Because that's how you overcome the world. Keep your faith in Jesus. Because that faith is going to speak. It's going to confess. Not just one time. But all of your days. It's going to confess that Jesus is Lord. When we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony. But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be. What? Witnesses to me. Yes, and we can unpack this, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the earth, and we can unpack what that means. But no matter where you go, all the way to the end of the earth, you are going to be testifying being a witness of Jesus. We have one message. I'm not here talking about this or that. I'm here to be a witness about Jesus. In this church, we're about one thing and one thing only. Being a witness of Jesus. We might take that from different angles, but we're preaching about Jesus. We're here to be a witness of Jesus. Because there's only one. We can talk about how there's sin in the world and lawless in the world, yes, and Jesus said it would abound. But and we can talk about the problem all day till the cows come home and they go back out again. But or we can talk about the problem all day. Or we can talk about the solution, the answer. And the answer is Jesus. Is the world wantless? Yes, they need Jesus. Is there a lot of sin going on and a lot of uh, perversion going on? Yes, they need Jesus. Is there a lot of people who need to be healed? Yes, they need Jesus, their healer. Is there a lot of lack and suffering going on? Yes, they need Jesus, their provider, their savior. Whatever the problem is, they need Jesus. No matter how complicated it is, all hell can break loose, but they need Jesus. It's His goodness that's going to lead them to repentance, not you preaching sin down the throat. Stop magnifying sin and start magnifying Jesus. Am I trying to uh, belittle sin? No. Sin is horrible. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. Sin will take. We'll keep you in bondage. Sin is stupid. Sin will give an envelope to Satan to take your lunch and pop your bag. But we can preach sin all day long. We can preach hell all day long. It's real. It's true. It's horrible. Jesus died for it. But the only thing that's going to save them and deliver them and set them free is the blood of Jesus. The only thing that's going to save your family is the blood of Jesus. The only thing that's going to heal them and set them free is the blood of Jesus. I'm not here, sin is horrible, but I'm here to testify that the blood of Jesus is greater, stronger, brighter, more powerful. One drop of the blood of Jesus is greater than all of the sin in the world including Hitler and others, put together. One job. I'm not here minimizing sin. I'm here exalting and magnifying Jesus, the answer, the Savior. Well, well Pastor Dave, Jesus is the Savior, but he's also the Lord. Yes! So stop letting sin be Lord and let Jesus be Lord. Stop letting hell be Lord and let Jesus be Lord. Stop letting religion be Lord and let Jesus be Lord. Stop letting your religion be the dictator and let Jesus be Lord. Stop letting sickness be Lord and let Jesus be Lord. Stop letting life be Lord and let Jesus be Lord. Stop letting your problems be Lord and let Jesus be Lord. Stop letting the world be Lord and let Jesus be Lord. Stop you say Jesus is Lord, then why are you only talking about sin and hell, but you're never talking about Jesus, your Lord? We need to talk about Jesus. The answer, not the problem. (coughs) Are people going to hell, they won't repent? Yes. But we are repenting to Jesus, we're not... And by going to Jesus, we're turning from sin. But if all we do is turn from sin, but we never turn to Jesus, if we never confess Jesus is Lord, if we never receive Jesus. I don't care how many sins you repent from. But if you haven't received Jesus, I don't care how many sins you repent from. You're not saved. You are saved because you confess Jesus is Lord. Because you confess G, you believe in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. God raised Jesus from the dead. Part of that process is repenting from sin and living a holy life. But that's the fruit, not the root. It's not how you are saved. It's not how salvation is conceived. It's not how you become born again. It's the fruit of being born again. But you can be You can be living, you might not commit sin as what you consider the top five or whatever it might be. You might be a very, very good person, but if you have not received Jesus, you are going to hell. Because it's not based on performance. Who wants to be the best sinner in hell? Hell is real, sin is real, but Jesus is more real. I'm here to preach Jesus. I don't condone sin, I don't, we teach against it, but we teach Jesus here. We've seen a lot of people set free from a lot of addictive and horrible, every horrible lifestyle people have talked down about, we've seen people set free from. Why? Because we teach Jesus. We we, we introduce people to a relationship with Jesus. And they don't want you to give, they not repent from sin, they live victorious lives. Because they realize they're crucified with Christ, it's no longer them who live, it's Christ who lives in them. And Christ who's living in them is not suffering with homosexuality. Christ in them is not suffering with gossip. Christ in them is not suffering with alcohol and, and addicted to a plant. Christ in them is not addicted to anger issues and pornography and all kinds of other uh, uh, sexual sins. Christ in them is not bitter at, their, at whatever happened to them. And some people have been violated in a very horrific way. But they've been set free from depression. They've been set free from a victim mentality because they met Jesus! and Jesus who is in them has set them free and is living a victorious life in them we're here to testify of Jesus that the communication of your faith we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony word of our testimony communication the communication of your faith becomes effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus, this is probably my second most favorite verse because it's powerful. I don't want to just have faith. We overcome. This is how we overcome our faith. My, I want my faith to be effectual. A lot of you are frustrated, wondering why it's not. You read the word of God. You've been a believer all your life. Or maybe you're a new believer. And you wonder why it's not working. You believe it. And you're frustrated. Why your faith is not moving mountains. Healing the sick, raising the dead, setting people free. You're communicating it. You have faith in it. But it's not effectual. Because how does it become a? Virtue? How does what you say, what you testify, become effectual? When you acknowledge some of the good things in you, Christ Jesus. No. When you acknowledge every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. How does the homosexual get set free? Because. He becomes born again, he or she, and begins to acknowledge every good thing is in them. And this faith becomes effectual. How does someone get set free from sickness? They begin to acknowledge every good thing is in them. It becomes effectual. How do people get set free from gossip, sexual sin, all kinds of bad behaviors, depression, They begin to acknowledge every good thing that's in them. I'm not telling people that it's okay to sin. I'm telling people it's time to acknowledge every good thing that's in you. In Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, there's not perversion. There's not fornication. There's not lying, cheating. There's not depression. There's not all this gossip and lying and, and, and glamour and all kinds of stuff. Okay, what's that Three. What again, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It says in Mark, as Jesus answered and said to them, I have, have faith in God. We've been talking about this is a, this is a This is how we overcome the world. This is the victory overcomes the world, by faith. Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he or she says will be done. He or she will have whatever he or she says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. This is very similar to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. As you believe in your heart, confess your mouth, you are saved we will come by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. And notice that every time we talk about faith, faith has a voice. Faith says something. Including, our faith is in Jesus, but Jesus told us how to pray. <coughs> Jesus told us to have faith in God. Jesus told us to speak to mountains. And they will be removed. Jesus said that if we speak to a mountain and we don't doubt in our heart but believe that the thing that we just said will be done. We will have the thing that we just said. I'm not believing me. I'm believing what Jesus said. Are me? And Jesus said to believe what I say so what are you saying because the righteous is a faith speaks we overcome by the blood of the lamb the word of our right? testimony. folks we are not supposed to be wimps it a fight of faith we're supposed to be overcomers you and I need to be moving some mountains some of you, some of us, we've been in the wrong business for the wrong too long. I'm trying to figure out how to say this in the, in the, the less profane way I can. But many of us have been put up with too much done for too long. Because some of us, we have more faith in the junk that we're going through than we do in what Jesus said. Instead of us overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony, we're letting our done overcome us. We're letting the world overcome us. We're letting sickness and everything overcome us. No, that's not what Jesus said. The righteous of faith speaks. They believe and they spoke. We believe. Didn't I just share that from uh, uh, Secretus? We also believe and therefore we speak. This believing and speaking go hand in hand. There's so many scriptures about this. I'm just giving you a few this morning in the series. But we need to be speaking some things. And we need to be overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In these last days, I believe we're gonna be seeing a lot of miracles. The devil is gonna be doing a lot of havoc. And that's that's an understatement. The devil's gonna be doing a lot of lack of better term miracles too. In a very catastrophic way. Because his time is very short. It's almost like the clock is blinking because those time is short. But we still overcome. in the blood of The message has never changed. The gospel has never changed. It's nearer now than when we first believed. And we need to have our feet, we need to have the whole armor of God on, but we need to have our feet shod with the gospel of peace. Because whatever is not in peace, we are to proclaim peace to it. Because how beautiful upon the mountains are to feet to him who brings good news, the gospel. Who says something. He proclaims something. He testifies something. He confesses something. He confesses peace. Who brings glad tidings of good things. But he proclaims salvation, wholeness. Healing, prosperity, deliver—that's what the word means. Some of you don't like that word prosperity. Well, I've, I've, you need to let the word of God get in the way of your theology, because that's the word. What the word means, and the definition of the word doesn't get you your vote. It's a definition. Okay, who says to Zion, His church, His bride, His people, His covenant people? Your God reigns. Sin doesn't doesn't reign in this house. Sickness doesn't reign in this house. Unforgiveness doesn't reign in this house. The devil and different things doesn't reign in this house. The government doesn't reign in this house. God reigns. Jesus is Lord. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my Deliverer. He's my Baptizer. He's my all in all, my Savior, my King, and my God. And I will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. In the word of my testimony. And part of that testimony, in remembering His blood that was shed for me, His body that was broken for me, proclaiming the Lord's death until He comes is understanding that in Him, because of His blood, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Because it says in Isaiah, "No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn." That means you got to use the words. <coughs> you got a testimony. And you need to condemn some things. This is the heritage of the, of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. The whole context of Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 is that the enemy, the devil, is mad because his time is shorter. And he's going to bring havoc, he's going to bring, he's Everything that he has, he is going to pour it out against you and all around you. But no one can against you. And you can prosper. Everything that rises up against you, you can condemn. Why? Because you're overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord of the Destiny. Because your righteousness is from God. See, when you understand righteousness, you can understand victory. And whatever is coming against you. Because that is your heritage. Your testator. Your testator gave you a heritage. And it is sealed by the blood of the Lamb. And you can testify that you are the righteousness. See, although we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are not natural, they're not carnal, but mighty in God for the poor and yellow strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything, anything, anybody, even your family and friends who you love dearly exalts itself or something else against the knowledge of God, you can cast down, you're not casting them down, you're casting down the argument. I want to make that clear. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we are casting down the argument. We are condemning the argument. And we're bringing every thought into the captivity to the being our weaponry our weapons are different they're not natural if they're not natural then you can't attack your your natural enemies with natural weapons now I'm not talking about it not time to fight naturally in times of war now, I'm not talking spiritually right here I don't want to go down that road But our spiritual weapons are more powerful than any natural weapon. Again, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. And we will have victory. We will have victory. We have already had it. But we will have that victory over and over and over again. Because we overcome So that concludes our series on talking about overcoming by the blood of Jesus. I could go a lot deeper into the things. It's I, I, just a very simple message. I really have used the same notes in all three sessions here. But it's just a message I feel like God really wants us to get. It's a very simple message because it needs to be simple. It's really just this verse right here. And many verses that supplement this concept that we overcome by the blood. Of the Lamb and the Word of the Testimony. Starting next week and all the way till Christmas, which is just around the corner, I'm going to be talking about something that I started this whole church on and talking about righteousness. And we're going to be talking about me establishing righteousness. I concluded this series talking about how our righteousness is from God. And this is the main message God gave me when I started this church about 10 years ago. And I say, Lord, if you give me back in ministry, I will preach this. And periodically, I I, I bring this message back into the equation. And I feel like I need to do that again. It's timely. And so that's the direction I'm going uh, for the rest of this calendar year. Um, And we'll have some more things uh, coming to the new year. Uh, It'll be at least about seven weeks into this series. I'm talking about being established in righteousness. And so that's the new series that we're going to be getting into starting next week. You guys all make it a great week, and we will talk to you soon. Amen and amen.